We're in the book of 1 Peter. Would you please turn to 1 Peter chapter 3? Peter is telling us how to be a sustainable church in the midst of a hostile environment. He's writing to the church that's dispersed throughout the world. And today he's telling us that uh, there's a game plan that God has, and if this church is going to sustain itself in this hour, we need to follow the game plan. And so we're Team Jesus. I'm going to take you through 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through chapter 4, verse 11. I'd like you to read that at some point, but I'm going to take us through that and help us understand what God is saying. There is a game plan, Peter says. And in 1 Peter 4, 7, he says that the end of all things is at hand. All right, so this is the final game, folks. The end of all things is at hand. And what he meant is on the day of Pentecost, when he stood on that great day of the outpouring of his Holy Spirit, he said, this is that which Joel prophesied, that in the last days. So the last days are from the day of Pentecost unto the Lord Jesus' return. And we are closer to that return forever. And the game plan hasn't changed, though the team has dwindled, the team has sat on the sidelines, the team has not been as fully functional as it should be. And so I want to take you back to review the game plan, Team Jesus. Let's take a look at the game plan. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, he says this, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. What is he saying? He's saying, number one, huddle up. Come on, Team Jesus, let's huddle up. Let's get our heads together. Let's focus on the game. I don't know if you've ever seen a huddle in soccer or football. We're using football today. It's football season. Huddle up. Put your arms around each other. Gather together. Get your head in the game. And listen to what needs to take place. So the first thing Team Jesus needs to do is huddle up. If we're going to be sustainable in a hostile environment, if we're going to stand strong in this hour as it is the end and the last game that we're getting ready for, it's the playoff season. How many of you know that? We're in playoff. And so we have to huddle up. So the first thing he says is have a unity of mind. Why? So we can function as a team. We're a team here. There's no solo effort. So we need to be on the same page with the same plan here, right? So get a unity of mind. Secondly, he says this, have sympathy. Now, if you look up the Greek word for sympathy, guess what the Greek word for sympathy is? Sympathy. Yes. It is the Greek word. And it means to have an empathy, have a care understanding each other's place and position and what we're going through, understand each other's pain, understand each other's season. Let's huddle up. Let's work together here. All right? If we've got an injured player, protect the injured player. Assign some other folks near them. But let's get together. This is playoff, so let's get straight, team Jesus. Number one, unity of mind. Secondly, sympathy, knowing each other, caring for each other. Thirdly, he says, brotherly love, Philadelphia. Philadelphia is that sense of brotherly love. Another way to say it is team. We're brothers and sisters. We're a team. What are we fighting against each other? If we fight against each other, we're losing ground. 
the enemy's going to advance. And the Lord Jesus does not want the enemy to advance. He said, the gates of hell shall not, what? Prevail against us. We're to advance and push forward. We need Philadelphia. We need brotherly love. We need teamwork. This is team Jesus. We're not opposing each other. One's not better than another. We need to be a team. We are brothers and sisters in one family. Fourthly, he says this, have a tender heart, or another translation is compassion. Care. Care for each other. Jesus said, they'll know you're on my team by the way you what? Love one another. That kind of love takes patience, takes gentleness, does not count wrongs. We'll get into it a little further. Peter is going to have us come back to this issue of love. But that's what we need to do in this huddle. Let's get a compassion. Let's get a love for each other. How many of you love Team Jesus? I mean, seriously, you love Team Jesus. This is a teamwork. You've been, in fact, we're going to have a baptism today. These folks are being baptized into the body of Christ Jesus. They're not just being baptized with Jesus as their own personal Savior. They're being baptized into a body of believers. One body, one faith, one confession, one people. Right? So let's have compassion for each other. And then lastly, he says this. He says that you should have a humble mind. A better uh, translation is courteous, esteeming one another, being friendly and kind one to another. Isn't that interesting that in the huddle he's got to tell his team to to get along? Because the enemy's going to attack the teamwork. The enemy's going to attack from within. If you've got someone's head out of the game when when you're functioning as a team, that position becomes weakened, doesn't it? And the enemy will find out where the weak position is and pounce on it. So we need to pay attention, folks. The church has got to huddle up. We've got to huddle up. Oh, I don't huddle with Baptists. I'm not going to huddle with the Methodists. Come on. Are we on this team or not? Right? How do you get on this team? The blood of Jesus, the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're on the team, whether you dunk or sprinkle. We're dunking today. If you need, I'll sprinkle. I don't care. But we're one team, one people. Let's huddle up. Have a unity of mind, sympathy and care, compassion for each other, a brotherly love, a a team excitement, a compassion and understanding for each other, and finally, a tender heart where we are courteous to each other. Now he goes on in his discussion of Team Jesus saying, first we huddle up, then secondly, how many of you know if you want to advance and win the game, you got to have a ready defense. Good defense, people. Let's go. We need to have a good defense. And so in 1 Peter 3, verses 14, he says, have no fear of them. I remember playing junior high football. I checked out in junior high football. I gave up sports in junior high. I went into band in high school. I'm not much of a sports guy. I know that this amazing physique astounds you that I'm not a a sports guy, but I'm not. Uh, But anyways, I remember in junior high, I was scared to death, man. You know, when you're a junior high kid, they give you these helmets that are like seven sizes too big from four seasons ago or whatever, and then these shoulder pads, and I'm going out there, and these guys were big. It scared me. So I did not play well because I was scared they would hurt you. If you ever played the front line, some of you guys, these guys would get down, and when they came up on you, they'd pull a fist up right up in your chin. How many of you know that? Some of you, you felt that pain, didn't you? 
And you thought, why did that hurt like that? Don't be afraid. The minute the enemy smells fear, he's got you tackled. So Peter says, do not be afraid, do not fear for them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ as Lord. Put him, set him as king. And then he goes on, he says, always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that's in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. He said, have a ready defense. Now the Greek word for defense, a ready defense, is apologeo, and it means an apology, not I'm sorry, but it means a defense of the faith. We as a people of God should know how to defend the faith. Why are you on Team Jesus? Why do you believe that Jesus Christ is the only name under heaven by which men can be saved? Why do you believe that there is a literal heaven and a literal hell? Why do you believe that the blood of Jesus washes and cleanses us from sin? You don't have to be a theologian, but you do need to defend the doctrines of the faith. You should study them. You should know them. Well, uh, I just believe. You just have to believe. That's not a ready enough defense. I'm sorry. I know you have to have faith, but faith in what? What do you believe? And so he says, Peter says, look, if we're going to win this game, we're in the playoff season, first of all, let's huddle up, let's get on the same page, let's play on the same team. Now, let's have a ready defense for what we're going to accomplish. Take your positions and know how to stand against the enemy. There is a world out here that has not been brought up on a Judeo-Christian ethic. They don't understand Judeo-Christianity, they don't even know that word. They don't get it. When you talk about justification by faith, you might as well be talking about some geometric, uh, weird, abstract equation. They don't understand what you're saying. Say, blood of Jesus, and they're going like, what are you talking about blood for? What does this have to do with religion? They don't understand. Take them back to Adam. They don't know who Adam is. Take them to Noah. They have no clue who Noah is. Talk about Abraham, and they'll go, who? We had a 14-year-old boy out here on a Wednesday night about a year and a half ago, and it was time for church. He goes, what is church, and what do you do inside that building? No clue, folks. And the church doesn't have a ready defense. We need to have a defense that we would declare why we believe what we believe. But it's a defense that we're to give with gentleness and respect. We don't shove it down people's throat. We don't make ourselves better than somebody else. They're blind, people. They're blind. (laughs) They can't see. Why are we pushing around blind people and bullying them? We need to begin to speak to them and translate the things of heaven into an earthly sense for them to begin to understand. Pray for them with gentleness and respect. Show respect even to the people who hate you, even the people that are opposed to you. But that love is a counter spirit. We minister in the opposite spirit. They have hate. They have uh, disgust. They're not happy with us. We don't reply in the same manner. We come back with Christ's spirit, an opposite spirit, and with gentleness and respect, we begin to help try them, uh, show them. They may not understand, but then leave it at that. But know what you're talking about, Peter says. Know what you're talking about. Now, he goes on and he says in verse 18, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, 
but made alive in the spirit. In other words, he now then goes to the coach and he says, listen to coach. Huddle up. Know your defensive positions. But most of all, listen to the coach. Coach has been in this game. Coach has gone and fought for us. And he went to the cross. And he made the enemy uh, defenseless. He, he stripped them of their power. Emptying the enemy. Jesus, look at Jesus, our coach has got the ring. He's got the ring. He's already won the playoffs. Amen? Aren't you glad that our coach has already won the game? He knows where you need to go. So don't question the coach. Know what the coach wants. Know where the coach is telling you what to do. He's going to direct you. It says that Jesus died for our sin. So Jesus is putting you in the game and he says, I need you to die to self. Just as I did. Oh, I know it's hard, team. I did it. You can do it. I'm giving my power in you. So you need to go forth and die. He says that I've risen from the dead. There's a victory here. There's a victory for all of us. But we need to get on the same page and get this thing happening. Now, he goes on to say that there's a baptism. He says that Jesus celebrated his victory. It says that as he went into... uh, Let me read it to you. It says that as he was done and triumphed over the grave... He went and he proclaimed to the spirits in the day of Noah. So he shouted out his victory. Now, now in Peter, when he says that he proclaimed to those spirits uh, uh, that had passed away in Noah's time, it wasn't that he preached to them salvation. Their fate was locked. They're dead. It's uh, appointed unto man once to die, then the judgment. We only get one opportunity to die, so make it good. I'm serious. Make it a good death, right? We don't need Team Jesus to fade away. You get one opportunity to die. Give it your best shot, everybody. Come on. Make it good. Make it good. It says that he proclaimed. He didn't preach salvation to those who, were, who died under the flood of Noah. It says he proclaimed. And so what he did is he shouted the victory. He went down there and he said to those who, who had died, the world had become so wicked and so evil that the flood had destroyed the world that then was during Noah's time. And he went and he proclaimed that he was the Messiah. He was the Savior. He's the one Noah was preaching about. Noah was a righteous man preaching to a generation of people who would not listen. They would not listen. What was he preaching? In fact, the flood was the whole point of saving a right seed unto Messiah. All of people were wicked. Their seed was tainted except for Noah and his family. God had to save that sacred seed so that Messiah could come through that branch, that people so that Messiah could save us from eternal damnation. That's why Jesus went and proclaimed the victory. This thing was won. So listen to the coach, everybody. Listen to the coach. Chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. If the team's not thinking like the coach, what do we got? A loss. Yeah. We've got a renegade team. Team needs to look to coach. Team needs to hear the coach. Coach wants to call an audible. You pay attention to what the coach is saying. Coach is talking to the quarterback. The coach is is getting in everybody's, calling everybody up to, to do and have the same mind as him. 
It says, since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking, for whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. Listen to Coach Jesus. Get rid of sin. Come on, play on the field. Get your head in the game. So what we understand is we've got our head in the game today. We're huddling up. That's what today is. Today's Sunday. What's Sunday? Huddle day. We're called a huddle. The ambassadors of God, the government of God has come together. How many of you know you're the government of God? You're the ecclesia. You're the called out ones. So we're in a huddle today. We're making determination as to what God is putting in us so that we can bind on earth what God has already bound in heaven. We can loose into the earth what God has already loosed from heaven to us. So pay attention to the coach. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. Understand your defense. Understand your doctrine. Understand the word of the Lord. Get ready for your positioning now. Pay attention to the coach and what he's saying. And let's get ready to go in. Now, Peter goes on and he says in chapter 4, verse 7, the end of all things is at hand, folks. This is the playoff game. This is it. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. He goes on. He says, I need you to be a team player. In verse 8, he says now, chapter 4, verse 8, above all, that would give preeminence to this statement. Right? All right. Have we huddled up? You huddled up? Get the same mind? That's why we sing these worship songs. That's why we sing. We all say the same words. We're speaking the same language. We're singing these songs. Our heart's engaged. Our mouth's engaged. We're declaring the words of God. We're huddled up one mind, one accord. How many of you know what happens with one mind, one accord? Psalm 133, behold how good and blessed it is when brethren dwell together in what? Unity. It is as the anointing oil that spilled down the head and beard and the garments of Aaron, the high priest. Unity is the anointing of the priesthood. That's us. We sang the anointing of the Holy Spirit's pouring on us. We're beginning to get one mind, one heart, one chord, one compassion. We're hearing the word of the coach. The coach spoke out this morning. He said, I'm going to push you. Get in the game. Let's go. I'm moving you forward. I'm going to push you, push you. Get acclimated. Get, uh, pay attention, folks. And so Coach Jesus spoke to us already this morning. And he said, stand in defense. Let's go. So here we go, team. Be a team player. So he says, above all, now, here's our last instruction before the playoffs. You ready? He says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Again, there's your game plan. Engage the power of Christ's love. Come on. That's the game plan. How are we going to win the lost? Through the love of Jesus Christ. By dying to self and esteeming others more highly than ourselves. By loving each other and demonstrating that love to a dying world. If I ever needed to teach my children how to love, I needed to love my wife so they could see how to love. And that had to be in my home. It had to be present. They had to see how I responded to other people, and that taught them how to respond. I could tell them, but if they didn't see it. So church, we have to be team players. We need to get together. Now, I want to take this verse apart, 1 Peter 4, verse 8. He says this. 
above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Number one, keep. That is a perpetual, present, active activity. As long as you have breath in your lungs, you are to keep loving the body of Christ. We're to love this team, folks. We're to love this team. We're to love each other. Keep loving each other. I don't like Christians. Christians hurt me. Everybody hurts you. How come you don't quit on everybody else? I hear this all the time. I'm not going to church anymore. Why not? I got hurt. All right, stop going to Meyer. Stop going to the gas station. Stop going to the bank. They hurt you all the time. They're rude to you. They're inconsistent. You don't quit eating at McDonald's because they were rude. Used to be fast food. It's not fast food anymore. Takes too long. And then that person over the PA, I don't want food. Why don't you quit going to McDonald's? They're rude to you. No, I like McDonald's. Stop going to Walmart. They're rude there. No, I need to go to Walmart's. Then why you stop going to church? Because they were mean to me. It doesn't make sense. This thing is a constant, perpetual thing. Keep, keep, keep it. Keep it going. Continually love. Always love. If that person hurts you, figure it out. Jesus said, if you have aught with your brother, go to them. Then he said this, if you know they have aught with you, go to them. You just can't escape this thing. Keep loving the team. If this team's dysfunctional, we're not going to advance the kingdom. How hard is this? Keep, keep loving. Keep loving. The Greek word for loving is agapeo. It's God's love. It's self-sacrificial. This isn't about you. It's about Him. And Coach said, you keep loving, folks. Keep in the game. Get in the game. Johnson, get back in the game. Get, what are you doing on the bench? I don't want to play with them anymore. You don't have a... Get in the game. Right? Could you imagine if I counseled people that way at the church? I'm offended, Pastor. Get in a game! Get back in your chair and get to worshiping God. Straighten this thing out. The pastor offended me. Not going back. Come on. Keep loving. Perpetually agape. Always give all people everything. Agape. Always give all people what? Always give all people. See, the the first three rows said it. Always give all people everything. Everything? Everything? That's the mind. I know, let's do it like Coach Jesus did. He only gave like half, didn't he? He Oh, wait a minute, I know what Jesus did. He gave 10%. He tithed. No, 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 no. Coach, coach knows how to win this game. And you're not going to win this game. And you're not going to win the lost. And we're not going to win this world and finish the Great Commission. Look, at, we're in the end times here. This is it, folks. The Great Commission needs to be over. How many of you thought we'd be the generation to finish, go into all the world and make disciples? How about we're the, we're the, we're the finishers here? You put your best in the game at the end. That's you. And so Jesus gave all things. And so agape, keep giving all things to everybody. Listen, here's the trick. It's not a trick. It's it's reciprocity. It's the concept of God. If you will give away whatever you have, God is going to give you what you need. 
Some of you don't understand that. You'll, if you would practice it, you're going to start getting into it. Always give all people everything. All right, so keep loving, keep loving one another. And then he, and he, and he puts an adjective in there. How? Earnestly, fervently, devotedly, fully. Wow. Come on. Coach Jesus says, come on. Come on, team. Huddle up. Get on the same page. Get your head in the game. Get on the same page here. Now, do you understand what you're defending? Do you understand the title that we have here? Do you understand what we're pushing for? This is the souls, eternal souls of human beings. This is to demonstrate the dominion of Christ's kingdom. Understand and have a ready defense for it. Let's go. Huddle up. Listen to what I'm saying. What I need most from you is to keep loving one another fervently. Love is in the game. Love is what we do. Love is what we do, folks. Love is what we do. You can put the, you can put the plays before the passion of the game. You know, the, uh, uh, how many of you love underdog games, huh? You like, how many, don't you love that? You love the team that it's like they're not supposed to win, but they come out, right? These are great movies. They come out and the coach is in the locker room and says, I know we stink, but this is our last try, folks. This is the best we can do. I need you to win one for the Gipper. Right? I don't know who Gipper is. I don't know. So win one for Jesus. How about that? Can you win one for Jesus? And he says, let's go out there. I need you to love one another passionately, passionately, earnestly, since love covers. Calypso. I Calypso. Calypso means covers. Calypso means, in the Greek, it's the concept of stretching something. Earnestly means to extend your muscle to the furthest extent. To stretch yourself as hard and as far as you can before that thing tears. To stretch, stretch your love. Love covers, and he says, Calypso is a covering. It is to stretch as far as the fabric. How many of you ever make your bed? Anybody? Anybody? Anybody makes a bed? Okay. How many of you know that bed sheet, the fitted one? Right? Right? Where you get three corners covered. Anybody with me here? Right? And the last corner is Calypso, baby. Start doing a Calypso. This thing, you got to pull it, right? Because all three corners are tugging back. You gotta pull. You gotta cover that. You gotta pull that mattress. Why? Because if you don't, the thing flips up. And while you're sleeping, it wraps around your feet. You gotta cover this thing. That's what Peter's saying. Love covers calypsos. Apocalypso means an unrevealing, right? Apocalypse, revelation. Apocalypso means to unveil, to uncover. But calypso means to completely cover stretch this thing as far as you can and he says i want your love to cover what a multitude of sins a multitude when you came in today a multitude of sins came in this room we don't just forgive you know and this is what the world thinks we forgive murder we forgive stealing right we we forgive adultery but we don't forgive homosexuality. We don't forgive this. We don't. No, 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 no. We forgive every multitude of sins. There is no sin we do not forgive. 
There is no sin that we do not cover. There's no sin that the blood of Jesus doesn't cover. If the blood of Jesus is going to cover sin, how could we dare not cover it as well? Amen? Somebody with me? You cover this. Cover this. Your blood bought, blood washed, that covering is our responsibility to cover you. I got you covered. When you come in, I've got you covered. I've got your back. But pastor, you don't know. I failed. Oh, what a wretch am I. I'll steer you to Jesus. Man, I got you covered. Come on. You sincerely speak unto the Lord your repentance. Really, God forgives all sin. Amen? Amen. So love covers. So let me ask you something. If we've covered sin today, should we be talking about somebody tomorrow? Hmm? Did you see what they did in church yesterday? Hey, you know what I heard? Betty Lou told me that Joey Bob did this. What are you pulling the sheets off that thing for? Why are you uncovering this stuff? Why are you in, in, in on this gossip route, huh? Why are we doing this? No, 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 no. Team, if we're going to go forward, love what? Covers. Love covers. If there's someone here that's a guest today, we got you covered. We will respect you. We will honor you. We will bless you. And whatever your issue is, whatever your sin is, whatever your failure is, come on, we're going to cover you in the blood of Jesus and help you find that there is forgiveness for whatever the issue is. Come to the Lord Jesus and be covered. You see, it should be no different in the pews than them coming to Jesus. We represent Jesus. Right, Team Jesus? Amen. So that's the first thing he says. He says, number one, love covers. Secondly, he says this, show hospitality. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Those, those two things are counter, aren't they? Hi, how are you? I'm so sad this guy's here. Nice to have you here. Could you have the, please take this seat. That's my seat. Now I got to sit somewhere else. I always sit here. They should know that that's my seat. Glad you're here, brother. Glad you're here, sister. Now get out of my way. Right? Welcome. Come have bagels. But that's the last raisin bagel. It's mine. There's one slice of cream cheese there. You can have it if you can get this knife out of my hands. Hospitality. I'm going to be speaking on this a great deal more in the year to come, but this is a major issue. And this is something that we're going to, in this hour and in this time, this is something that the church above all has got to begin to do. We have got to begin to show hospitality. Is heaven hospitable? Hmm? Right? What do they do when a sinner repents? We have a party. Heaven has a party. They care about people. They make it. Look at, we're in a team here. We represent Team Jesus. So in the Colosseum, we're going to show hospitality. We're going to have people who will give, right? I mean, when you have hospitality, you have concessions. Don't you? They need a hot dog? Get them a hot dog. Need a burger and fries? Get a burger and fries. Give them what they need. Be generous without murmuring. Show hospitality. Now catch this. True hospitality is sacrificial. Why? Because it's less of you, more of them. Esteem them more highly. It's sacrificial. It's uncomfortable. Why? Because you're giving up your position for somebody else. 
It may be inconvenient, but this is what we're supposed to do, folks. Uh, I'm going to be, again, speaking about this more and more. So when you come to church, I'm expecting you to sacrifice and give up. Really? I don't think I like that. Are you in this th- on this team or not? We're to win the lost. We're to want people to come back, right? And so we don't seek to impress others. Hospitality is humility. It's sacrificial. It's to give others. Love covers. This is a team. I'm telling you, when a team operates like this, look out. And then last of all, he says this. Play your position. Use your gifts. Use your gifts well. Play your position. Right? If you're a tackle, guess what you need to do? Tackle. Come on. If you're a tight end, you know what to do. What do tight ends do? They block? I thought they caught the ball. They're both. They do both. Okay, they're double gifted. There we go. Because I just knew end. I thought end caught things. So, I don't know. Okay, they block and and catch. There you go. See, I told you I'm advanced at sports. So play your position well. What Peter says is this. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. There he goes again. As good stewards of God's varied graces, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength of, that God supplies, in order that everything God, in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. If you prophesy people, prophesy boldly. If you sing, sing boldly. If you teach, teach to the best of your ability. If you've got the gifts of help, get in there and help. Right? If you've got a gift of hospitality, be hospitable. But whatever your gift is, if you have a gift of love, if you have the gift of sharing, if the gift of miracles, come on, give it your best. You're on team Jesus. Give it your best. But I'm tired today. I stayed up late last night. Can I put it, can I be coach again? I don't care. Get in a game. Can you imagine a football game where the God, quarterback, what's wrong with you? Man, I'm tired. You know, I was playing catch with my kid yesterday. My arm's tired. Oh, okay, have a seat. We'll put in the second string player. Yeah, gee whiz. Somebody get this guy some ice, poor guy. He's tired. Yeah. Ooh, what happened, Johnson? Oh, man, that guy hit me hard. I just don't want to play. This, this game's tough. I don't blame you. Yeah. You know what? Get a hot dog. Have a seat. My gosh, we coddle the team Jesus. We coddle each other. We're so, oh, please come back. Would you please come back next week, please? I won't ask you to do a thing. Just sit here, please. We'll carry you in and out. Please. I'm serious, folks. What have we become? We're so weak as a team. We, you know, we hear some news report. Do you know what they did? They passed this law. Oh, rapture me, Jesus. It's our only hope. Listen, you better get huddled up. This rapture thing, forget it. He's going to take his team out of the game? At the playoffs? I'm sorry. That doesn't make sense to me. This is the biggest showdown that, that we're going to have at the end of the age. If you look It's the greatest revival of lost souls being saved. And Jesus says, everybody, get off the field. I don't think so. Because what I read and what I understand is when you win the game, 
the coach runs out onto the field and everybody runs out and the Gatorade comes out and we won! That's when he says we're out of here and we're coming back in a victory dance. Now you don't have to believe that. But I don't care! Get in the game! Peter said, look it, huddle up people. If we're going to sustain the church in a hostile environment, huddle up. Get together, be of one mind, be sympathetic with each other, be compassionate for each other, understand where each other's at, and let's work together as a team. Now, here's our defense. I've given you the playbook. Learn it. Just because you come to the huddle doesn't mean you're in the game. You came to church, great. Do you know the playbook? No. Have you committed to the playbook? No. Then we really need to see if you're saved. To see if you're on the team. Consider that. So you know the defense. Learn the plays. Thirdly, listen to Coach Jesus. He's been through this. He's already won the the, the victory. He's already defeated the enemy. He's going to teach you how to do that. But thirdly, he says, I need a team I can work with. I need team players. So I need them to be humble. I need them to be hospitable. And I need them to have love that will cover one another and will care for one another. And last of all, whatever position you're in, you play to the best of your position that you can. Amen? And can I get an amen from the team? Amen. Amen. If you're being baptized this morning, you may be dismissed. Now, uh, I want everybody to stand up. You're going to, oh, this is silly. I don't care. All right. We're going to illustrate this. Sometimes we need an illustration. So, uh, huddle up. Everybody get into one big group facing each other. And I'm serious. Turn around and, and all get together. That means you on the outsides, get into the inside. You're going to have to go to the inside. Think about it. Not in separate groups. One huddle. One huddle. One huddle. Uh-oh. How's that going to happen? Uh-oh. Oh, no. I don't know what to do. Huddle up. Huddle up. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Somebody hang down from the balcony. We'll give you, we'll give you a, a, a variance. I'm proud of you. Look at this teamwork. You figured it out in less than 30 seconds. I should have preached this sermon this way. I should have stood in the middle. I should have, shouldn't I? I should have. I should have. All right, team. Right? All right, huddle up. We're huddled up, right? Amen. Okay. So, uh, everybody huddled up? One mind, right? One accord. One thing that we're going to do. Do you... Oh, look at the baby. The baby's in the huddle, too. (laughs) All right. Now, that's, that's another thing, folks, that I don't know if you realize, but it's not just us in this huddle. We've got junior high kids right now out in the junior high room. We've got kids beneath us from kindergarten to first grade. We've got toddlers and infants right over here. We've got a big huddle, right? Generations, spans, spanning generations. 
Now, this huddle's important. We've got old, we've got young, we've got strong, we've got weak, so what do we need to do? Cover each other. Look out for each other, right? Someone next to you is weak or sore or hurting, what are you going to do? Cover for them. Care for them, right? Because love covers what? A multitude of sins. We may have some broken people here. Some people that have fell. Fell into sin. Some people who are are trying to get out of some things and and there's besetting issues. What are we going to do? Kick them out. Let's kick them out. (laughs) Let's get rid of all sinners. (laughs) All right, so what's our... We better go with option two. The main option is we're covered. We're covered, right? We're covered by the blood. Our love, the love of Jesus that covers us, that's why we take communion... It teaches us to do what? Cover others. So we forgive. All right? And so now, we heard from Jesus this morning. Now, I didn't plan this, folks. I didn't call up Tammy uh, Saputo and say, hey, I want you to prophesy this. All right? Had no idea. She had no idea what I was preaching. But Jesus said, why are you complacent? I need you to move forward. And Jesus said, I'm going to advance you, didn't he? He said, I'm going to push you. I'm going to advance you. Coach talked to us this morning, didn't he? Right. Coach said, get your head in the game. So here we are. So love's going to cover. We're going to have great hospitality, one between another, right? That just doesn't, that doesn't just mean give people food. <laughs> it means care, right? And then what was the last point? Last point, use your gift well. Take your positions, right? Some of you don't know your gifts. We're going to teach you your giftings. You're going to have new giftings. You're going to grow in them. All right, so we're all in agreement? All right, so every time you're done with a huddle, what do you do? Break. 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 Right, okay, so on three, you ready? And clap your hands on it too. One, two, three. That didn't scare anybody. The devil's like, oh, did you hear something? Come on. You ready? Now, now, this just isn't in the, in the physical realm. We're doing something in the spirit realm that's going to scare the bejeebies. And I don't, have, I don't know if demons have them, but the bejeebies out of demons. Are you ready? Yeah. We go one, two, three, then we say break. You ready? Everybody. One, two, three. Break! Woo! That was good. All right. That was so good, I want to do it again. (laughs) Right? Let's even do it better. All right. One, two, three. Woo! Come on! Yeah! You made it!